13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we will um, begin here in just a moment at verse number 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 1, you probably know that that's often referred to as the love chapter, amen, because it gives us a very detailed and specific description, definition, understanding of what love is, what it's not, um, 15 distinguishing characteristics of what we learned last Wednesday night is the love, amen, not just a love, but the love, praise God. So as far as announcements are concerned, um, spring forward this Saturday night, amen, or I guess Sunday morning, we hours of Sunday morning, we're going to jump forward on our clocks for one hour, so make sure you uh, remember to do that. You know, it's interesting, um, I think I've shared this with you before, you know, the power of the tongue, and when you start talking about things, you know, I, there's been so many times I've thought about someone or mentioned someone that I haven't seen in a while and maybe pray for them that morning or say something to Sister Pam about that person, and then I'll, I'll see them that later that day, or they'll call me later that day, or, you know, I talk about uh, um, Robert and, and Michael, hadn't seen them in a while, and next thing you know, I'm stuck in a traffic jam, I prayed for them that morning, woke up with them on my heart, looked out the window, and they were in the car beside me, you know, Pastor Mark, Pastor Mark, well, you know, last Wednesday night, we talked a little bit about Chick-fil-A, and um, I have a dear friend that, um, he owns um, a couple of the Chick-fil-A's, and he has sons that own um, uh, Wildwood and Vestavia Hills and Highway 31. They have the Galleria. They have um, Patton Creek. Anyway, um, he went to school with my dad, uh, Brother Morris Jackson, just a dear brother. And um, so we get together uh, on a fairly regular basis, just what we call sharpening, you know, just talk about the goodness of God. We used to sit in a restaurant and eat a piece of grilled fish and talk about the goodness of God and just enjoy our fellowship just from so many years ago back when I was in that Chick-fil-A business you know and let me show you how the Lord just smiles on you he, I asked him about his son's store if you're familiar with it they they bulldozed it and rebuilding it's opening actually tomorrow uh, there at Wildwood Lakeshore and I was just asking him about that you know he he said they did that about 25 years he he said would, if you got time, he said, would you like for me to take you over there? I'd love to show you that place. He said, it's amazing. He said, the, the, they're going to be remodeling one of his, his Patton Creek store, um, just all the new technology. You know, I, I kind of like technology, if y'all don't know that about me. So. And I'm like, man, if you had time to do that, Morris, I'd love to. So we, we drove over there and just um, got to spend some time with his son and and uh, and see what a state-of-the-art Chick-fil-A kitchen looks like. And I can just tell you something, okay? It's <laughs> Pam's back here laughing. Pam, they have automatic dishwashers now, baby. When we worked at Chick-fil-A, Pam was the dishwasher. So, uh, But it's just, I don't know, just being around two men of God and how the Lord's blessing them. And um, Anyway, I, I could talk forever about that stuff, but it's just... You know, again, I, it's just, the Lord just loves to smile on us at times in unexpected things. You know, I'd have never asked. I, you know, I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed getting to see how things have changed behind the counter, so to speak. 
at a, a Chick-fil-A restaurant, but um, I would have never asked him to do that. And it's just the goodness of God. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, verse 1. Let me just remind you of a couple of things, first of all. Um, you stay right there in 1 Corinthians 13. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says to you and me, Be imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, there's a lot that this verse is saying, but I think sometimes we miss the very powerful underlying uh, message here. And that is that we actually have within us, as born-again sons and daughters of God, to imitate our Father. You're going to hear me say this probably again, maybe more than once again tonight. But you do realize that your Heavenly Father would never tell you to do this if you did not have the ability to do it. He would have never said, imitate me as dear children, if that were an impossible thing for you to accomplish. The Amplified Version breaks it down. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy Him and follow His example as well-beloved children. Imitate their Father. Now, there's another verse that fits into this, and I'm not trying to give you too much too fast, but 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. You stay right there in 1 Corinthians 13. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it's talking about this thing about love being perfected among us. And this perfected love carries with it a tremendous benefit, a tremendous reward. He says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, as Jesus is, so are we in this world. It almost seems like when you're reading this that he's just, you know, giving us multiple unrelated thoughts, you know, randomly, you know, kind of, just spit out there but all of that is connected and related perfected in love boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so are we in this world let me keep reading we'll come back there's no fear in love perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love you overcome fear not by taking risks and being bold and I'm going to just stare it down. and you know, No, you overcome fear by being perfected in love. Perfect love is how you overcome fear. You'll never overcome fear by just simply trying to be brave or what I call the willpower approach. You know, And fear, by the way, includes anxiety. It includes worry. It includes dread. Um, all forms of fear. Perfect love, love perfected in you is, is how you overcome fear. It casts out fear. So think about it now. If, if, if perfected love would enable you to have confidence instead of anxiety on the day you stand before God to be judged, that's a pretty powerful thing in our lives. Now, we've said this in different ways, but let me just make it plain, okay? What we see love doing for us is twofold. Number one we see that love is what energizes our faith. The Bible teaches every human being 
has been given by their creator the measure of faith. That measure of faith is awakened and aroused. It can be strengthened. It's like a muscle. It can grow. It can develop. Okay, It can go to work for you and produce results in your life. But here's the unique thing about it. The faith that you've been given is energized. It's fueled by love. And we've said it more than once over the last few weeks. The God kind of faith, which that's what we have according to Mark 11, needs the God kind of love to fuel it. The Lord... uh, blessed us and John Mark with a, an Acura uh, when, with his first car. It was a really nice car. The only thing, I, I, there's two things I didn't like about that car is we were always having to put power steering fluid in it for some reason. We never could figure that one out. And it, it had to run on premium fuel. Premium gas, right? Um, Pam and I recently bought a, a new car, and that was one of the first things that Dad asked me. He says, does it take premium gas? Because he likes it. I think him and Mom were talking about getting one. Does it take premium gas? I said, no, sir. You can run regular in it. So if it took premium, he wouldn't, he'd move on some other, some other car, right? But when we talk about the God kind of faith, we, we, we need to burn premium in that engine. Amen. And so we're talking about the God kind of love now. So that's, that's where we came up with this um, from the Young's literal translation, we're not talking about any old love. We're not talking about regular love. Uh, We're not talking about 87 octane with 10% ethanol love. We're talking about the love, okay? The love of God in our lives. And so this concept of love being perfected among us, it sounds good, and I'm, I'm interested because of the benefit that it produces so I said two things. Let me, let me go back, make it plain. So love at the same time energizes our faith and casts out our fear. The same love that fuels your faith eliminates fear from your life. Just think how much more enjoyable your life would be without any fear. We were talking about this a little bit in, in class today. There's a lot going on in the world around us. You, you, you need to find the one who's constant and hang on to him. I'm not trying to be negative, but the word of the Lord to us in 2020 was it's the birth pangs and they're going to get worse and they're going to come more frequently. Jesus said it must be, but it don't, it don't, it don't, it don't have to be for you and your family. And he didn't say he would supply all your needs as long as gas stayed under $5 a gallon. All right? Amen. But see, now we start getting all fearful about this. Perfect love, love perfected. See, because I know that my Father loves me. Are you, are you seeing? He, I can trust Him to take care of me because He loves me. I can trust Him to take care of me because I respect Him enough to do what He says. And I know that when He asks me to do something, it's because He's trying to take care of me now, but He's also trying to prepare me for what is to come. He said He would show us things to come, right? So... Love has been perfected among us that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as He is, so are we in this world. I I like to say it this way, that perfected love will remove fear from us on what I think I can make a case for standing before God on the day of judgment would perhaps be one of the most intense days you will ever face in all all of your eternal existence, okay? So think about it this way. If you can be comfortable and confident and to the point of even boldness on that day 
What day between now and then can you not also be confident and bold and secure and have rest and, and no stress and no anxiety, no fear, no worry um, between now and then? So perfected love, we've said that doesn't mean without flaw. It means, it means first of all, the love of God that we're talking about now has no flaw in it. It never fails. But when we hear perfected, we think of something perfect without flaw. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about something that's well-rounded. He's talking about something that's fully developed. He's talking about something that, that has come full circle. Now, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So this is one way that we can... It, it, let's, let's go back to it. Hebrews 4 tells us that one of the ways we know we're in faith about something is that we're at rest. Faith produces rest. This is the peace that don't make sense. You know, you're in the middle of a situation and you have peace that passes understanding because logic, man's understanding says you shouldn't have peace with what's going on around you, but you've got peace that don't make sense. You're at rest. You're at rest. The only way you tap into that peace is by faith, right? So it's one of the ways that you can know. You know, It's like, how do I know if I'm in faith or not, Pastor Mark? Do you have rest? That's a really good spot, a good place to start. Because if you don't have rest about that situation, you know, if, and listen, I'm not throwing rocks at you. I mean, I, you know, I, I had a situation recently, you know, and I, I'm, again, I got the victory over it before the alarm went off, but 2.30 in the morning, I'm still staring at the ceiling. And, you know, I, don't get me wrong, I know how to get up and go pray and get in the Word and all that other stuff, but I'm, you know, Pam working long hours and stuff. I, you know, I'm trying not to disturb her. She's at rest. I'm like, baby, lay your hand on me. Get, help me get in the faith. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> amen. Um, I got in. I, I'm, I don't mind telling you, but I, amen. I, got, I finally got the victory over it and got in rest and got some sleep. Another way then, in the same way, to know, you know, fear and, 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 cons- and consistent, continual, dominant negative emotion of fear in your life, spirit of fear in your life, um, it's, it's a good way to tell you you've got some ways to go still to become perfect in love because the more perfected, because it's not like one day you're not perfected in love, the next day, kata, you know, you are. No, it's, it's a process, it's a, it's, it's a growth, it's, it's, it's a journey, right? And and, and the more perfected you become in love, the less fear has a grip on your life. So you just keep looking straight ahead. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody like that. But the good news is if you struggle with fear, there's a, there's a solution. And it's to be made perfect in love. Now, there's another part of this. And that's the part where it says, because as he is, so are we in this world. This is speaking of Jesus. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. And this is something that we've taught on and preached on for years around here at Heritage. And, and it's, it's an amazing verse and it talks about us being one with him. It, it communicates what it means to be the body of Christ. It, it, you know, we're seated with him there in heaven. He's with us here on the earth we're his hands and feet. He said, go into the world, I'll go with you. There's just, there's all kinds of, 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 of important biblical connections to this statement. But there's one that the Holy Spirit prompted me on this afternoon, this morning and then into this afternoon, that um, I, I've, I don't want to say I've never seen it before, but I've, I've never seen it with the clarity that, that he was showing it to me. 
in, in connecting some other verses and other passages to this one. And, and this phrase, because as he is, so are we in this world, of all the things that it is, let me tell you what it also is, and maybe it's this more than it's anything else. It's a reference to discipleship. Now, if you think I just brought a fourth unrelated subject onto the table, I didn't. Stay with me. It's related to discipleship. Okay? Now, before I go any further, because that's where I think we need to be tonight, let me tell you what I came here this morning, what I came here planning on doing. Last week, we, um, we looked at, at, just kind of read through and pointed out the 15 distinguishing characteristics of the love. I mean, it's what, it's what the original, genuine love article, God is love, so much so that not only is love all these things, He's all these things. And we looked at the first one. I had you stand. We introduced the second one. And man, I was planning on coming in here tonight and starting to knock them things over like dominoes, dude. I mean, I was just fixing to tear off you know, and get as far through the list of 15 as I could. I was very excited about it, actually. But the Holy Spirit prompted me this afternoon, and He said, you don't need to do that yet because there's a perspective that people need um, to have before you give them that. And if they don't have it, it's either going to sell over their head or it's going to have an adverse effect on them in the sense that they're going to look at that list of 15 characteristics and say, there's no way I could ever do that. There's no way I could ever measure up to that. There's no way I could ever live like that. And so that makes me a bad person or a weak person or, or whatever. And that would be like the adverse effect, okay? Are you still with me tonight? Man, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm kind of almost feeling a little trembly tonight from Holy Spirit on this. This this is, I'm telling you, this is important. I wanted, I I was excited about coming in here, right? Remember, we said love is patient, long suffering. It it hangs in there with folks, right? Um, Let me give you this little bit that I I didn't give you last week. Let me tell you how, how patient the love is. Are you ready? It's as patient as long as somebody needs patience. It's as patient as long as somebody needs patient. Amen. Right? It's not like patient till you, right? We were building this building, Brother Terry Self and his crew, they helped us and the men in this church, we framed all these things up and and um he needed a bunch, a bunch of two by fours and he'd set up a jig and he was cutting them with a chop saw. Um, Because they were using a a, a specific length of of lumber to frame some of the walls that had duct work and stuff in it, and and so he had this young guy that that um that was helping, and Terry was like that. He you know he would you know folks that were kind of having a hard time and needed work, even if they couldn't work, he'd try to work them. And so he told uh, he told that young man he said he was set up right over there. Of course, this building was just an empty shell almost at that point. And he told that young man, he said, um, he said, I want you to bring me uh, two by fours. The lumber had been dropped outside. He said, I, w- I want you to bring me two by fours in here. And so the young man would bring him a few, and Terry would cut them, and he'd say, I, I, Give me, he said, I need you some more two by fours. Oh, okay, yes, sir. So he'd go get a few more, and then he'd, you know, go get him a drink or something, you know, Coke or something. And, and Terry would cut those. He said, Hey, I need some more. And finally, Terry says, Hey, listen to me. He said, I need you to bring me two by fours until I get tired. Amen. 
right? I need you to bring me two by fours till I get tired, okay? So love is patient not until you get tired of being patient. Love is patient as long as the person you're loving needs you to be patient with them. And not only is it patient as long as they need you to be patient with them, it's kind while you're being patient. Okay? Now, see, notice now, we start talking about this, it's like, well, dude, I don't, you just, this perfected love stuff, I'll just have to be scared on Judgment Day, I guess, because I don't, you know, I can't do that. See, that's what I mean by the Holy Spirit kind of checked me this afternoon. He said, look, you need to give them that, but there's, there needs to be a perspective here. And I'm like, okay, well, so help me then, what is this perspective? And he said, it's, it's, the, it's the perspective of discipleship, okay? So love has been perfected among us, and this we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. He's talking about this, this, this um, thank you, Jesus. I know I've still got you in 1 Corinthians 13. You may be there when I pray tonight and may not get there yet, all right? But let me, um, we said last week that perfected love is too important to leave to chance, that, that we need to know about this, and we need to understand what it is if it's something that we're going to go after. And we said two of the most accurate places we can look in the Scriptures to find perfected love is, number one, in the, in the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. He demonstrated it for us. Okay. Number two, we said, is in the 15 distinguishing characteristics listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's where we, we find this list, and that's the list that I was again, going to continue to work through. I gave you the first two. Love is patient. Love is kind. What does that mean? Okay, Long-suffering is how we see this. All right. But when I say the Holy Spirit checked me because He said we need a perspective on this of discipleship, okay? John 13, 34, and 35. I'll put it on the screen. Jesus speaking to His disciples. He says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, why is this different? Why is this new? Didn't Jesus say something similar to this already? Yes, he did. He said, for you to love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Is that important? Yes, it is important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments. But Jesus was quoting commandments from the Old Testament. When he says a new commandment, we're talking about one hot off the press. We're talking about something freshly minted here. We're talking about a commandment that up until this point had never been given to a human being to carry out. And this commandment is different from loving someone as you love yourself that's important. That's a good standard. That's not perfected love, though. That's not the love. The love is God's love. Okay? And notice now the commandment here is love one another as I have loved you. Do you see how he just took this up a level? It's not love someone else the way you love yourself. It's love someone else the way Jesus loves you. See, now we just, 
listen to him. When I say, when I use the word hard, okay, I, I mean like challenging. You think, well, I'm not even sure I can do the love them as a love myself part, but now it's just, in other words, it, it seems to me almost like Jesus raised the bar to an impossible height. How could I ever love somebody like Jesus? I mean, he is bleeding to death naked on a cross asking Father God to forgive the people that did it to him because they didn't know what they were doing. Man, the flesh in me wants to say, oh yeah, they knew Jesus. <laughs> they knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> but, but, see, again, that's, help me, Lord. Okay. He's, he's saying, not a suggestion, Let's read it again. A new commandment. Not a, you know, if you get some spare time, you might want to see about looking into, giving a try. That fellow that works with you that's really nice and easy going, see if you can't love him a little bit. No. A new commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 35, here's the disciples. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So here's that discipleship. Now, you say, well, I see discipleship in this passage, Pastor Mark, because I mean, it's, it's got the word disciple right there. I'm not sure I see it in the one that says, as he is, so are we in this world. All right, I got two thoughts going at the same time. Let's try to deal with them both um, one at a time, and then we'll be, we'll be done for this evening, okay? So, thank you, Jesus. So here, here's the first one, and I could develop this probably take me 40 minutes to really get it good, but we'll maybe come back to it. But let me just get this out there, okay? It's not that he has given a commandment that's so far out of reach that we shouldn't even try. Now, let's go back to something I said earlier, and I told you I would probably mention it again. How many of you know Jesus would never command you to do something that you did not have the ability to do? So by virtue of the fact that he said, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. If we're imitating God by walking in love, we're talking about loving people like God loves. Because we're imitating the love that he has for them, right? Yes? Have I lost you? You're still with me. Okay, thank you for that amen, brother. Okay. So, so now we see it slightly different where we're being commanded to love others like Jesus has loved us. Some of you are already ahead of me. You know what I'm about to say, okay? He never intended you to try and do this without Him. See, th th this is the part that, that we sometimes miss when... You know, he says, be an imitator of God, walk in love, love others as I've loved you. See, un unless, unless he gives me the kind of love that he has for me to be able to give to other people, I don't have that kind of love to give. See? And, and, and when I said the Holy Spirit kind of tapped my brakes a little bit this afternoon is because, see, if we're not careful, we'll go through that list of 15 things and we'll either be overwhelmed by it or worse, 
think that we can do it through our own effort and leave God out of it. Or we can realize that what he's really spelled out for us in those 15 distinguishing characteristics of the love is perhaps the best possible way for you and me to measure our individual growth and development in the things of God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me... So when he says to love as he has loved you, don't ever say you can't. You may want to say that you won't. You understand there's a difference between will not and cannot, right? If he said you can, you can. So don't say you can't. Say you won't, but don't say you can't. Now, like every other good thing that he has for you, you can't do it without him. He doesn't want you to do it without him. He never asked you to do it without him. Okay? Now, one last thing, at least for now. I want to make a very important connection between as he is, so are we in this world. That's 1 John 4, 17, that last phrase in that um, 17th verse. As he is, so are we in this world. He said to his disciples, he said, the whole world know you're my disciples if you, if you love like I've loved you. It's the one, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe there's any other thing that he said would reveal to the whole world we're his disciples, besides if you love like I loved you. This is the one thing. He didn't say your doctrine. He didn't say you're this or that or all these other things. That, that I'm not saying those things aren't important. They are important. But that's not what impresses the world. What impresses the world is love. It's what the world is desperate for. It's what the world thinks they have and don't have and keep getting the bottom dropped out time and time again. And, 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 and to see people who genuinely love, it's irresistible. It is absolutely irresistible. That's why when people really know God for who He is, our Father for who He is, because He is love, when they really understand that about Him, He's irresistible. You see why the devil fights this so much? As He is, so are we in this world. Let me give you the discipleship connection, Okay. Two very important words, okay? And for those of you around here at Heritage, you know that we've used these words for years. One is the word manthano. It's a Greek transliteration. The other one is didasko. The word manthano is the Greek root word from which we get our English word discipleship or disciple. The word manthano is translated learning in the English language. Manthano is referring to more than just a casual or average learning. Manthano is speaking of the highest level of learning possible to learn by experience. 
And Manthano talks about a tremendous commitment and dedication and effort that someone uh, puts into learning. Okay? But Manthano calls for a teacher, a disciple maker. And we see in this case the level of teaching, the highest level of teaching that corresponds to the highest level of learning in the Greek language is the word didasko. We get our English word didactic from this. Didasko is unique in the sense that it's not just teaching for the purpose of passing along information. Are you still with me? This is important. Didasko is when the one teaching intends to assimilate Assimilate means to make similar. It means to assimilate or reproduce oneself in those being taught. When Jesus called disciples to himself and they responded to his didasco with their manthano, he fully intended to reproduce himself in those men. This is, this is the end result of the discipleship process. They were first called Christians in Antioch. It was because people committed themselves after Jesus is in heaven and the Holy Spirit's on earth overseeing the process. We see a group of people there in Antioch who so committed themselves to the the teaching of the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul and others that at the end of about a year-long process, people meant it as a as a, uh, a criticism. They meant it as, a, as, as saying something negative about them. They said, them folks are just like that Christ. They're Christians. It's because he had become so assimilated into them that they walked like him, they talked like him, they did what he did. The verse that fully captures this is Luke 6.40, a disciple's not above his teacher, not above his master, But everyone who's perfectly trained will be like his master. The the English translation here waters it down, but basically he's saying the disciple who makes the commitment of discipleship will never be greater than his master, but if he follows his master through the training process, he will be just like his master. That's the reproducing, the assimilate. Now, does this add a little more understanding to 1 John 4, 17? As he is, so are we in this world. That's more than just a positional statement. That's more than just, you know, okay, that's true, but what does it mean? No, he's he's talking about Jesus being reproduced in us so that we love like he loves. Amen, stand with me, praise God. Notice... In Luke 6.40, it's a little bit different conjugation or variation of the word, but there it is again. Anybody see the word? Anybody see it? We've said it many times in different verses tonight. Anybody see it? Perfectly trained. See it? Perfectly. There it is again. Perfectly trained. It doesn't mean without flaw. It means complete, thorough, well-rounded full circle the message translation in Matthew 13 52 says of those disciples who are perfectly trained that they have the ability in the kingdom of God to put their hand on anything that anybody needs anytime they need it amen amen now what I didn't tell you if I'd have had time to tell you tonight is and we'll get there in 
1 Corinthians 13, he starts out with all of these different ways that people use to determine their spiritual growth, development, and maturity. Talk about their spiritual gifts. Talk about their sacrifice. Talk about their faith. Talk about um, their... uh, um, Rick Renner, who's studied these things historically and other documents and things of that nature, he says that the the Corinthians, that, that banging symbol, he breaks that down to where literally that's all they wanted to do was talk about what they were doing, what they had learned, how great, how much faith they had. And so when the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul writes this to them, he's like, listen, you talk about all this faith you got and all this sacrifice and this and that and these things and other. He said, that's not the true measure. The true measure of your growth and development and maturity. In other words, if you're going to be as he is, so are, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. That's the love. Right? That's that's the gold standard. That's the measure. Not how much you know. You see, we think somebody knows a lot of Scripture. Oh, man, she's just a spiritual giant. She knows the Scriptures, and she's at church every time the doors are open. Maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but that's not what decides that. How well does she love with the love? That's what ultimately determines our growth and development and maturity. All right. You get anything out of this? Father, thank you for the love that is you because you are love, the love, Father. The love of God, I thank you that that love is being poured out in our hearts right now by the Holy Spirit. Discipleship, Father, is about the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. And so, Father, the love of God, according to Romans 5, that's been shed abroad in our hearts, been poured out in our lives like a river, Father. May that inward reality become an outward expression so that we can genuinely be as Jesus is in this world, loving like He loves. Father, thank You that this is Among all the things you want to do with your people, Lord, this is the one thing more than all the others, Lord, that we would be men and women who love like you love, who love like Jesus loved as a human being on this planet. Father, we don't want to be overwhelmed by this. We don't want to think that this is something we got to try to pull off on our own and make happen on our own and... And no, 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 that's, that's not what you're saying to us, Lord. You're saying to cooperate with you and to allow the love that you're giving us and pouring into us to flow through us. Teach us how to do it. Teach us more about it, Father, in the days to come. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, your love tonight. Thank you so much for being here. And um, remember the spring forward on Saturday when you go to bed. If you like me, a lot of us, we, we have uh, clocks that do that automatically now from satellites and stuff. But just to remind you of it, praise God. You'll be blessed. I'll see some of you in the morning, the rest of you on Sunday.